Hello, everyone. This is Sportify. I'm Bianca Burton, and we have a new guest with us, AJ Tellers. Hi, Bianca. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm excited to talk baseball. It's uh, been a long time coming. Uh, wasn't sure we were going to get this opportunity with the lockout, but uh, happy to be on here for the first time. AJ is the new baseball specialist <laughs> for Sportify because there are so many sports, and as we know, Sportify covers literally all of them. It can get pretty confusing. All right, we are going to start with MLB free agency and what occurred in the offseason and during the lockout, the AL East. So the Orioles, they have been very bad <laughs> for, for a very long time. During the lockout, and this is per CBS Sports, they graded them an, an F in their free agency, which is interesting because in my opinion, this was the most exciting baseball free agency that I have ever seen. It was pretty big. Um, I, I, I think uh, it, it was definitely set by Freddie Freeman. But I mean, there's been some crazy off seasons. This one, you know, the, the, there was definitely a good number of not only free agent signings, but some pretty big trades. It was pretty equal uh, all, all throughout winter. So the Orioles signed Roughnet Odor from uh, the Rangers. I remember when he was on there. And Jordan Lyles. Who, what do you think Rough Ned and all those those guys do for the Orioles? Uh, well, number one, uh, you had to, I could tell you had to dig down the barrel to find those names. Look, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for Baltimore, th th this is a rebuild. This is definitely another year and a long rebuild. I'm looking at this core. They've got six top 100 prospects and, you know, Lyles, Odor, definitely moves that fly under the radar. Look, this is a team that's not going to compete for a while. You know, Lyles has bounced around a couple teams. Odor obviously fell off from when he looked like he could be a big piece for the Rangers long term. Right. It, it, it's going to be a rough year, rough couple of years for Baltimore, but they've got a ton of young players. Ryan Mount, Mountcastle, I'm excited to see. Trey Mancini's back and healthy. What a story he is. But uh, not not an offseason where they came in with a lot of needs in terms of being competitive. Where, where their moves are going to be made is in the minor league system for the next couple of years. Just to explain to the audience, how does the minor league system actually play into the MLB in regards to free agency and trades? There's really no such thing as a quick fix in baseball and how teams develop into contending teams is you have to start with your prospects. You have to start with the draft and acquiring high level prospects through trades. And I think the biggest misconception that people have when they look at baseball is, oh, when a team's bad, they're assuming they're tanking. And there, there's really a difference, a fundamental difference between tanking and rebuilding and what you see in baseball opposed to the NBA and, and the NFL and even the NHL to some extent is you have teams that are rebuilding. And the point is when teams are competitive, like the Orioles have been, have not been for the last couple of seasons, you'll see them trade off of their players that have value now for a pool of prospects who aren't major league ready at the moment, but could be in a couple of seasons. And that's what the Orioles here with six top 100 prospects. Adley Rushman was the number one pick in the draft. Grayson Rodriguez is the third overall prospect in baseball. Basically every franchise in baseball goes through this where the talent that they acquire in the minor league system for them to become contending teams has to develop and get to the big leagues and it it's a process i mean you have some guys that get drafted out of college and they're in the big leagues two three years later and then you have some guys drafted out of high school that you won't see for six seven years it's it's one of the hardest sports to develop a winner because there's so many pieces and it takes so long for one or two players to get to the big leagues and nothing's guaranteed into the next team let's let's go into the red sox cbs sports gave them a grade of an a because they had the splashiest moves, if you will, signing Trevor Story to play second base. It's arguable, though, that his arm strength has deteriorated. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, you know, he, he was regarded as a, a premier shortstop in Colorado, and I think questions about his arm aren't really going to need to be answered with the move to second base. I, I was curious on whether or not Bogarts or him would would man shortstop but they went with the incumbent bogarts and that's proved to be the right decision uh you, you really can't go wrong with the glove note story and that move to second base it, it takes the arm issues out of it for story yeah and new look rotation for boston Evaldi, pavetta michael waka and also my favorite baseball player of all time was on that was he on that world series roster i don't know Who? but um kyle schwarber um he, he was he was on the World Series roster for the Cubs. That's all that matters. But 
He is my favorite baseball player of all time. I just love him. I just love him. He has jumped around team to team too, but we'll get to him. He's on Philadelphia now. He had two bombs off Scherzer the other night on ESPN. It, it'll be interesting to see how the Red Sox get back to where they were. Then moving on to the New York Yankees. So obviously the biggest name there, Anthony Rizzo. Went from the Cubs. Am I very upset about this? Yes, I'm very upset. Uh, <laughs> glad for him. You know, he has earned the money. Who else did they get? For a long time after A-Rod and Derek Jeter and all of that, the Yankees were bad. They were they were bad. <laughs> now they are starting to get back to where they were, I feel like. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a team probably with the highest expectations outside the Dodgers. And, and you mentioned their acquisitions. I really think the biggest acquisition for them is actually a guy returning off this shelf is Luis Severino only had a couple appearances in 2021 he hadn't pitched in a full season since 2018 he's missed wow. a bulk of time and, and he was the Yankees ace back then you know again I think this is a team that's real really tried to figure things out in the postseason they've had regular season success they've got guys like Judge and and Giancarlo Stanton, the Gary Sanchez, these guys have been bombers in the regular season but when they've gotten to the postseason they haven't been able to to make that deep run or get over the hill and you know they, they made some moves that josh donaldson gary sanchez Gio urshela trade i think it really caught a lot of people by surprise but i, I like donaldson in that back keeping rizzo was a big move he's a good fit in that lineup but i think th this is a very important year for them with aaron judge's free agency pending this offseason this could be a uh a, a make or break postseason uh for the yankees this year to see if they don't blow things up a little bit so moving on to the next team, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. So Tyler Glass now, Freddie Freeman, Corey Kubler, Wander Franco, you name it, they got it. If you watch the NFL free agency, the whole thing is stay under the salary cap. That is how that goes. The Rays were somehow able to make all of these acquisitions, but not for a lot of money, really. They saved a lot of money on these signings, and that's always good for a baseball team. What do you, what do you think of those acquisitions for the Rays? Yeah, their team uh, with not a lot of holes. You know, their biggest move, I think, this you know what their season's going to be dependent on is Wander Franco coming up and, and showing he's worth the high. Randy Reyes, Reina coming back, Brandon Lau coming back. Kevin Kiermeyer, one of the best defensive players, but I, I think you hit it on the head. You know, this is a this is a team that you know, has a plan. They're not going to get into those big free agent wars. They're not going to spend a ton of money. They locked up Wander Franco to a ridiculous contract before he had ever played a full season. But but they're one of the most complete teams in baseball. And, you know, they're continuously, despite having one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, they're always contending. And, you know, they're, they look to be another postseason team again. Even though in that tough AL East, it's going to be a dogfight for really all those teams to get out. Boston, Toronto, New York, Tampa Bay. But I'd, I'd expect the Rays to be right there in the thick of it. And Wander Franco could not only be in the ready for Rookie of the Year, we might see him in the MVP race by, by season's end. Do you think in terms of baseball that championship teams are built by paying a lot of money? Or can a team win a championship by saving money? The, the Rays, the A's are proof that you can have sustained success in the regular season, get to the postseason without spending the money of the Dodgers and the Yankees. But again, I I, I just go back to the belief that it, it's not as easy as just writing checks and signing these players and building a winner just off free agency and money alone. I mean, I, the Dodgers, I think, are the best example. There's, there's a big misconception that the Dodgers you know, have completely just bought their way to the success they've had. They've only won the World Series one time. They've been there twice. They've lost. They've been there three times. They've lost twice. I, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of money, but I, I think people forget that they traded for Mookie Betts. They traded for Trey Turner. Justin, uh, I'll get to Justin Turner in a second, but they're really their biggest acquisitions outside of Freddie Freeman. Before Freddie Freeman, they weren't free agent signings. Well, they, they traded for Max Scherzer and you look at that pitching staff, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Julio Arias, Tony Gonsolin, these are homegrown players. And it's not so much about them spending the money in free agency. It's been about acquiring the right players. I mean, look look at how many just borderline major leaguers they've turned into stars. Max Muncy was a fringe major leaguer with the A's, and he turned into one of the best lefty power hitters a couple of years ago. He got some MVP boats. Look at Justin Turner, who was from my high school alma mater out in Southern California, was oh a bench player with the Mets. <laughs> bounced around and became one of the best third basemen in all the baseball. Cody Bellinger, the hit on that pick. Chris Taylor, probably the best example, just a utility player with the Mariners. He comes to the Dodgers and he's handed an extension because he's such an important glue guy, great ball player. And no team drafts 
or developed players better than the Dodgers. I'm not saying that money hasn't helped them acquire these players and keep a lot of them, but I think it's a little overstated the impact of money because for every team like the Dodgers that have had big payrolls, that have won, I can go down the list and give you teams that have spent money in the offseason and it's completely flopped. You need a good mix. I think m money to me is more about keeping players. And, th and that's the issues that the Rays and A's have uh, have ran into. And that's why they're so up and down. T Tampa's been able to stay competitive because they've made some of the best moves in terms of flipping players. Um, you know, they fleeced the Pirates a couple years with that glass now, Austin Meadows trade, sending Chris Archer to Pittsburgh. Money's important, but it, it, it's proven time and time again that money is not the be all end all. That could honestly translate against all sports, but let's go on to the Toronto Blue Jays. So trading up for Matt Chapman, what do the Blue Jays need to do? Because I've noticed they've been in, in the postseason, but they really haven't gotten close to the World Series like others have what do they need to do well, they need to get healthy first of all but the scary part is is they're playing really good ball 15 and 8 with three starting caliber players on the shelf Kevon Bizio, Danny Jansen will get Teoscar Hernandez back this is probably one of the most exciting teams of baseball George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Zach Collins that Matt Chapman gives them another big right-handed bat and that that rotation Kevin Gosman they signed him from from San Francisco he's showing that last year's run was not a fluke that Jose Barrios pickup from a season ago they've got an elite one two punch Alec Manoa a top prospect from a few years ago is turning in to solid frontline starting pitcher Yusei Kikuchi has struggled a bit but in the back end it could be a really solid four or five spot look this has a chance to be one of the most complete teams in baseball and they're not healthy which is the scary part Nate Pearson top prospects on this shelf Hinjin Ryu's hurt you know th th there's a reason they've got World Series hype and it it's not a fluke it's it's well deserved that this early in the season granted I think that's a fantastic answer and being healthy is one of the keys to success and you can't win championships with people on the bench. Move into the AL Central. So the Chicago White Sox, Vince Velasquez, Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, what do they need to do? Where are they and what do they need to do? This is a team that is probably as talented as anybody in baseball, but they've been banged up a bit. And, you know, you look at Yohan Moncada, former top prospect with the Red Sox, former top prospect in all of baseball. If you remember before the Chris Sale trade, Eloy Jimenez was hyped up with the Cubs. He's been talented, but again, he's been hurt. You know, similar to the Blue Jays, they're banged up, but that AL Central, White Sox sitting at nine and 13, Twins have been the surprise team at 13 and nine. This should be a playoff team. White Sox have, I think, the most complete roster in that division. But you go up, you know, one through nine in this lineup, Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, what's not to like? Luis Robert, AJ Pollock. There's really no question that this team has the ability to be one of the best offensive clubs in the league. And then you have Lucas Giolito at the top of your rotation. Vince Velasquez is a nice piece to fill in. Dallas Keuchel's not the ace he once was. Dylan Cease has a lot of potential and he's been good this year. And, and Michael Kopech, man, if you've seen Michael Kopech pitch at all in his short career, he's got as live an arm as anybody since coming back from Tommy John surgery. Again, a complete team. They're off to a slow start, but a lot of teams are. Good bullpen with Liam Hendricks. But again, they've got to get Yoman Kata back. Eloy Jimenez, it'll be a big boost once they get those guys back. An oblique injury for Moncada and that hamstring for Jimenez. Moving on to the Guardians, formerly the Indians, they paid too much money for names that are just really not worth the money. For instance, Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber. This free agency just did not work out for them. A lot of people are left scratching their head. They've got two cornerstone pieces, like you mentioned. They've made, they brought the bag out for Shane Bieber, their ace, only 26 years old, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And there was talk Jose Ramirez was the last trade piece this offseason who was going to be dealt. All he's done this year since signing that extension is absolutely go off. You know, Fangraphs has him ranked as the number one position player in baseball. He's hit seven home runs in just 22 games. But again, I'm with you. They've, They've spent money with those two players, but they've taken a step back with the guys around it. Miles Straw's been a nice piece. Owen Miller's been a, a surprise this year, but you know, guys like Josh Naylor, Ahmed Rosario, they're looking to re-solidify their place in the major leagues. Austin Hedges, a lot of former top prospects. That probably goes back to the later theme that this is a team that is only a couple off seasons removed from trading off their franchise player in Francisco Lindor. So now they signed Bieber to a long-term extension and they signed Jose Ramirez to a long-term extension. Clearly they're wanting to build around those two pieces, but they've got some holes they've got to fill. I don't think anyone really knows what we're going to get out of Cleveland this year. The Kansas City Royals. What do you think the Royals need to do? Because I haven't really heard anything from them. 
Yeah, they're uh, kind of in the same position as the Orioles. This is a rebuilding year. They're not expected to be competitive. They're 7-14 and 14 out of the gate. You know, they, they had a glimpse of the future, though. Bobby Wood Jr., top overall prospect in baseball, and he's got a sweet swing. It's not quite Mike Trout, but it it's close in appearance. Good compact stroke for a right-handed hitter. You know, Bobby Wood Jr. is not even 22 years old. You have a 25-year-old Kyle Isbell. You know, that rotation of Zach Greinke is a nice story. Bringing him back, get some butts in the seats. But again, 25-year-old Carlos Hernandez, Daniel Lynch in the rotation. A lot of young faces, and it's it's going to be a rebuild. And you look at the prospect pool, they've got two, only two top 100 prospects. So this could be a while before the Royals really become exciting again with this prospect. But we'll see. We'll see how these young players develop. Okay, moving on to the Tiger. Eduardo Rodriguez, Tucker Barnhart, what do you think? Another rebuilding team, Spencer Torkelson, their number one overall prospect is a story in Detroit. This is a, they signed Javi Baez to a long-term deal, which I wonder if he's there just to, you know, spark some ticket sales or maybe be a part of a, of a team that thinks they compete in a couple of years. You've got four top 100 prospects from Spencer Torkelson all the way down to Dylan Dingler. Riley Green could be their next third baseman. You know, that pitching staff, they've got to take a step forward to develop then talk about Javi Baez, one of the best shortstops in baseball. Okay, I want to move on to the Twins. You said the Twins are a story. Tell me more. So yeah, they're they're leading the Central Division, and and this is this, this was a playoff team a couple years ago, and they had a great core of a starting rotation of, of Jake Odorizzi, Jose Barrios. Those two are now gone, and they're they're looking at a transition year in terms of this rotation. Joe Ryan, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, Josh Winder, Chris Paddock. They've all been great. This is the if I'm not mistaken the fifth best rotation in all of baseball. Actually, the fourth best starting rotation ERA in all of baseball. So that rotation has come out of nowhere to be productive. This lineup has a lot of talented players that I love. Byron Buxton is a former top prospect, number one prospect in all of baseball. He's only played close to 140 games once in his career. And it's no coincidence he had his most elite season. I promise you this guy's going to be in an MVP race if he can play a full season. He's got that kind of tools. You throw in Carlos Correa, Orient Polanco's a big bat. Max Kepler's kind of an all-or-nothing power bat. And, and Gary Sanchez gives you some power. It's not too different from what they had with Mitch Garver. Twins are exciting. I just don't know if this rotation's going to gonna hold out. They'll get Kenta Maeda hopefully back, Sonny Gray back as well. And when and, and we'll see if this rotation can hold up. Really talented team. I just don't know if there's enough by season's end to keep up with the White Sox. But offensively, they're as good as anybody in that division. You said the Angels are the most exciting team in baseball. Tell me why. Shohei Otani. I mean, it really doesn't get any more exciting than that. This is a guy that hit 40 home runs a season ago, made 20 starts, literally did something that no one's done since Babe Ruth, the most iconic figure in the sport. Mike Trout is healthy. My, Mike Trout is back to the Mike Trout where it was the con- he was the consensus number one player in baseball. I know Juan Soto's kind of taken that mantle a bit because Trout's been out the last couple of seasons. He's missed a lot of time. He looks as healthy as he has since his last MVP season. But Anthony Rendon, and this is a team that's playing well despite Anthony Rendon not really picking it up yet. He's starting to play better lately, but Rendon, he's only hitting 225 this year. You go down from Otani, Trout, to Rendon, and then you've got the young guns. You've got Jared Walsh, who had a great season last year. Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele are a pair of the team's top former prospects. And then you've got the reclamation project with Noah Syndergaard. He is as healthy as he's been since his prime years with the Mets. And it's so refreshing to see Thor on the mound again looking right. I'm knocking on wood with my fingers crossed that he can stay not only healthy, but in the rotation for the whole season, because what a story that would be. I think he would be in the Cy Young race at the end of the year. It'd be quite a story if he was, but it's it's the combination of Trout, Otani. You have Thor coming back. Rendon, when he gets right, it's going to be an exciting little of the order. You have one of the most unconventional you're familiar with and one of the best managers in baseball, Joe Madden. He'll play small ball. He'll give you a lot of exciting things. And he's got the two studs in Tyler Wade and Taylor Ward. Ward almost hit for the cycle the other night. You've got one of the fastest players in Tyler Wade. David Fletcher is an old-fashioned David Eckstein type. And questions on this rotation, but this is the best they've looked this early. Reed Detmer's top prospect. Michael Lorenzen was good the other day. And Patrick Sandoval, all five of these starters have had good starts of the year. Shohei looked great against Houston. The bullpen, this is one of the most complete bullpens they've had in a long time. Rysel Iglesias might be one of the best closers nobody's ever heard of. Ryan Tepera's been good. Aaron Loop, Mike Myers. There's just a buzz here in Anaheim. 
Whether or not they can stay up there is going to be dependent on the health of Trout, Otani, Rendon, and if that rotation can stay together. But this is, I, I promise you, this is one of the most fun teams you're going to be able to watch this season. You said the Mariners are your pick to win the West. Despite how optimistic I am with the uh, with the Angels, I, I think Seattle is is primed to win this division. They have not been to the postseason, you know, since the early 2000s, since 2001, if I if I'm correct. They had the Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert, former top prospect, has made that next step. He's been one of the best pitchers to baseball. To this point, Chris Flexen is a nice four-piece. Marco Gonzalez, a solid lefty. Matt Brash in the back end. You can do worse for your fifth starter. But, you know, the real key, the two acquisitions they made, Eugenio Suarez and Adam Frazier, they've been very productive. You look at Ty France, who has been one of the MVP front runners early into the season. I mean, who saw Ty France coming? Former San Diego Padre. Always been a talented hitter, finally putting it together, hitting 333, slashing 410, 540. JP Crawford's turned into a good offensive piece, not just a defensive wizard. Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kalenic, the, the exciting part about the Mariners, if you've paid attention, you've heard the hype around their two top prospects, Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kalenic, and they haven't done much. They've been very slow to the start this year by season's end. You know, they're one game, they're two games over 500, but I, I, I picked this Mariner team. I just think there's more depth. I mean, how long have we waited for Seattle to get back to October? Also, just want to give a shout out to AJ because he has an upcoming podcast. It's not made yet, but it's going going to be, and it's going to be called Storytellers. And AJ is going to interview people and get their stories. So just giving AJ a shout out there. And I will put yeah. all this information on the Sportify Instagram. Let's talk about the AL West and the Astros. This is a really good offensive team. I think even losing Correa, people don't realize how stacked this lineup is. Altuve, Brantley, Bregman. You know, Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel, Kyle Tucker is a dark horse MVP candidate when he gets going. You know, Chaz McCormick, a good piece. Jeremy Payne is filled in at shortstop nicely. They, they need this rotation to hold up. And Justin Verlander coming back, not only being healthy, but looking like Justin Verlander that we've, you know, come to see the MVP Cy Young Award winner. I mean, he's been phenomenal. 26 innings, 1.73 ERA. Jake Odorizzi has been awful his first couple of starts. And then in the bullpen, there's more question marks. This is a Houston team that I'd expect to take a step back. And I think a lot of people will agree with them losing Correa. But, you know, guys like Jose Altuve, you know, Alex, Bre Alex Bregman's been good, but Brantley struggled a little bit, but Altuve's been god-awful. He's hitting 167 with just one long ball and 41 plate appearances. You know, he's not going to hit 147 all year long. You know, that that's the thing about this AL West right now is as bad as the Rangers have been, 8-14 and 14 in fifth place, they're only six games back. And I'd expect this division to be very compressed like that. You know, Luis Garcia and Framber Valdez are going to have to have very good years for this team to be there at the end. Moving on to the A's. Okay, some some okay names, no one to really rave about. What do you think about the A's? Probably one of the, the worst narratives in all the baseball. There was a story the other day where they had less attendance at a home game than a minor league game on the same day. And yeah, they, they yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, you know, all the debacle and issue about them getting a new stadium in Oakland, maybe moving to Vegas. I mean, that's that's yeah. something that's going to hit the national stage eventually. But not only traded one of their cornerstones, they traded both in Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. And, and they got a nice prospect. Well, Christian Apache was the top race prospect. They've got three top 100 prospects in Soderstrom, Langliers, and Patchy, as mentioned. It's never exciting going into a season after you've dumped off your two franchise players, which is what the A's did. But... You know, this is how Oakland is ran. And I mentioned it when we talked about Tampa Bay, that they're not going to invest long-term money into individual players once they hit their prime. They're going to maximize their value, trade them off when they're at their peak, and then hit the reset button. And, you know, despite everything, this is actually a pretty well-ran organization because they've maintained a lot of competitive competitiveness. You know, in the 2000s and 2010s, there's a lot of postseason bursts. They have not gotten over the hump. They've not gotten to the World Series. They made it to the ALCS, I believe, once in 2005. I might be incorrect, but yeah, not a, if you're an Ace fan, I feel for you because this this was not an exciting season to come into. I think Ace might have been the only team that might have been hoping for a lockout. You have a point. <laughs> you have a point. Tom Murphy's been good. They're they're young catcher. Catcher of the future, Sheldon Newis has been good. The Rangers signing Corey Seager. That is a huge splash. Mm -hmm. They added John Gray, Cole Calhoun, and Mitch Garver. What do you think of the Rangers making this huge splash in free agency? Yeah, it was an exciting offseason. You know, this was the the move the needle in the right direction offseason. You know, they're, they're not quite 
ready to be legitimate contenders. The pitching staff has been bad. 26, 26th ranked starting pitching ERA, 22nd relief pitching ERA. It's 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 been awful. But they've scored the 11th most runs in a league, and part of that's been, you know, the big offensive pieces, Corey Seager. They added Mitch Garver, Marcus Simeon. But, but like I mentioned, this is the offseason to say, hey, we know we're in a rebuild, but we're starting our window now. We are now, we are now going upward with our trajectory. This team will take shape completely when the starting pitching really comes to comes to the for, forefront jack Leiter and cole Wynn are the two names that every rangers fan needs to circle and track every day in the minor leagues jack Leiter is starting out with frisco rough riders he's the number one prospect in the ranger system number one pick from a season ago cole Wynn started the year in triple a he's done nothing but pitch well in the minor leagues those two guys are going to have to become quality major leaguers and impact this rotation and become those frontline starters for this team to have a chance uh, in a couple of years. And obviously, you know, off season, off season, you're, you're going to build accordingly. But Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, they're signed to seven and 10 years respectively. So they were not the quick fix moves that we've seen a lot of teams make. I love the Mitch Garber pick. This is a guy when the last time he played anywhere close to a full season in 2019, he put up a, a quiet, you know, little MVP caliber season, hitting high 270s, near 30 home runs for the Twins at a premium position behind the plate. Daniel Lowe's been a good story. Dolos Garcia, we're hoping to see a, a, another step for him. Jonah Heim, another young player that, you know, we'll see. Nick Solak, eventually, hopefully they can get him back and back in the lineup. John Gray, you know, a transition starter just to eat innings and eventually, you know, fall into that three or four role once Cole Wynn and Jack Ladder hopefully get here. But, you know, th this rotation has been bad. And I think we knew, we knew that going in that there was a chance that, you know, this Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, Glenn Otto, Martin Perez rotation was going to have its loves. I don't think we thought it was going to be this bad. But again, this is a team that those that the moves for Simeon and Seager definitely are a step in the right direction. And keep an eye on Jack Leiter, Josh Young, Cole Wynn, and Ezekiel Duran in that minor league system because you're going to need some of those guys to make an impact in the next couple of years. So let's move into the NL East. The Braves obviously won the World Series. Big missing name, Freddie Freeman. He is not there anymore. What does that do? And and the other people that I just mentioned to the reigning champions. Well, number one, whenever you lose a key player, it's always a big blow. But when you lose your franchise piece and Freddie Freeman, a guy who you know really took the reins over from Chipper Jones, he came up in 2011 his rookie year, and he, he was the new face of the franchise. You lose him, it, it, it sends kind of a culture shock, I think, to your franchise. But the good news for Atlanta is they have the face of the franchise still in the building in Ronald Acuna. They're going to get him back. They've got him back. You, you cannot you cannot replace a guy like Freddie Freeman, one of the best players in baseball. The most elite first baseman behind Freddie Freeman, the first one on the list was the guy they got in Matt Olson. He gives you everything that you could ask for, an elite guy, left-handed hitter, excellent defense, if not the best defensive first baseman, plus power, he hit for a high average. Olson's a great guy to pick up. Austin Riley has stepped up, and, and, and that's what this Braves team is going to need. They're going to need Albies and Acuna. Acuna to come back healthy, but Albies, Austin Riley, and Marcelo Zuna, who's back, Adam Duvall, just guys to step in and continue their trajectory from a season ago. You know, they still have a very talented starting rotation. Max Fried is one of the bright up and coming guys, 28 years old, still on the right side of 30. Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson are young. Anderson's only 24. So these are, you know, rotation pieces that hopefully are going to be in Atlanta for a long time. They, you know, made up for some of the loss to the bullpen last year by adding strength to it. Kenley Jansen comes in. They still return Will Smith, Tyler Matzik. You added Colin McHugh, like you mentioned, AJ Minter, Darren O'Day. This is pitching staff wise. This is one of the most complete teams in baseball. And then you throw in Austin Riley's been very good. And then Matt Olson, again, he's not Freddie Freeman, but he is the closest replacement you could get to where you're not losing too much. Now they're, they're sitting at, you know, three games under 500, but this is, still one of the best teams in baseball and will be in contention for the division crown at the end of the season. And Ronald Acuna has got to be hungry to get back into the postseason after missing that World Series run. You, you, you see your team go out and win a World Series from the dugout, you, you bet you he's coming back hungry here in 2022. Let's move into the Marlins. So they got a grade of a B, Joey Wendell, George Soler, Jacob Stallings. What do you think the Marlins need to do? The foot on the gas pedal. This is Again, a young team. They got some postseason experience, if you call it that, from the bubble year or the the COVID year with the 
the egregious expanded playoffs that I hope never returns to Major League Baseball. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jazz, Chil- Jazz Chisholm is one of the, uh, those show-stopping players, as you mentioned. This guy's exciting with that Euro step, home run celebration. You know, Jesus Aguilar, Ori Soler, these are exciting players, fun to watch guys. Abicel Garcia is a good piece in right field. And, you know, Joey Wendell's an exciting player. And he's been good this year. You know, this rotation is, is where the, the story is going to be. Pablo Lopez, I mean, what, what kind of story this guy's been. Lopez, 23 innings this year, 0-3-9 ERA, and I'm not making that up. That's 0 3 You know, he, he's been terrific. Peyton Henry, or excuse me, Sandy Al- uh, Alcantara, Trevor Rogers, uh, Jesus Lazardo, who was a former top wrestler with Oakland. You know, it was surprised to see the A's let him go. Uh, but th- th- this is a Marlins team that I think finally has direction, something they've lacked for so long. And, you know, we, we all heard about that outfield. You know, we knew the stories with with the Marlins when they had Stanton, Marcelo Zuna, and Christian Yelich, and they blew that outfield up. Same time they had uh, uh, J- uh, JT Real Muto. This team has had talent throughout its entire history, and it's been good the couple of years it's had direction and they've come out with two world series wins every time they've been to a real postseason they've won the world series so it's scary to think that as talented as this team is once they figure it out and they have ownership and a general manager that is committed to getting this team to where it needs to be they've got some pieces to be very good for a long time let's just hope they can keep it up three games over 500 off to a good start move on to my Mets, Eduardo Escobar. <laughs> they need to keep going because, you know, how, how many times have we gone into the season with the Mets at any given year and said, okay, they can stay healthy and this rotation can live up to the hype and, you know, these guys can stay on the field for a full season. You know, the sky, the, the you know, the sky is the limit and that's been the case, but the problem is they haven't been able to put it together. You know, the, the Max Scherzer deal is probably could probably wind up being the best acquisition in the offseason because you know we know when, when Jacob DeGrom is on the field on the mound he is the most dominant pitcher in baseball I don't think anyone will argue that problem is he hasn't been able to stay on the field and right you know this lineup starting to reap the benefits of Francisco Lindor finally living up to the hype after they made that big trade Pete Alonso is one of the best power hitters in baseball Eduardo Escobar is a nice bat Jeff McNeil and and Starling Monte are two of the most pure hitters in all the baseball that probably don't get the attention they deserve. Dominic Smith is a, a nice piece. He's off to a slow start this year, but on paper, this is a very good offensive team and, and, and they're starting to play like it. Second best hitting team in the majors, scored the fourth most runs, only the 19th most home runs. So that's telling you that they're manufacturing runs and third best starter ERA in all of baseball. Bullpen is a little more of a question mark, but Man, it, it's it's fun to think that a Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett rotation, as good as that is, you throw in Tyre McGill, uh, who, who's been great as well. Taiwan Walker is a great anchor in the back end. Carlos Carrasco was part of that epic Cleveland Indians rotation back when they were as sturdy as anybody. It's fun to think about what a Jacob deGrom addition at some point in this season and into the postseason could mean for this team. I, I, I don't know anybody that would want to go up against a Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom combo in games one and two of a playoff series. Sky's the limit again for this Mets team. They've got to stay healthy and they've got to find a way to get DeGrom back on the mound, pitching meaningful innings down the stretch. But, you know, this is a team that could take the Angels for their money in terms of the most exciting team to watch this year. But let's, let's go into the Phillies real quick. This is where Kyle Schwarber landed. They basically tried to address their bullpen what do you think the Phillies need to do because they haven't really been anything notable in the past couple of years have they um they haven't but it, it hasn't been for the lack of trying uh, that Bryce Harper acquisition a couple of years ago taken in from Washington was you know one of the big moves that signaled hey we're back and Philadelphia had kind of been in transition ever since uh, 2011 when they had that that super rotation if you remember with Roy Halladay Royals Walt Cliff Lee Joe Blanton and Cole Hamels I mean, not, not necessarily in that order but you know that rotation that on paper everyone was giving them the World Series in January and ended up getting bounced in the first round and they and if you remember that game five of that series Ryan Howard tore his Achilles on the final out knocking them out of the playoffs and they've been on a tailspin really ever since that day and they're starting to get things moving back in the right direction. They made some really big moves in the offseason. Harper, Castellanos, the big trade of JT Real Muto. Alec Baum's a top prospect. They picked up Didi Gregorius a couple of years ago. More so than any team, they've been 
really the most aggressive teams in free agency. You look at the guys they've gotten, but man, this pitching staff has been tough outside of Aaron Nola and Kyle Gibson. Zach Eflin struggled. Ranger Suarez has been bad. Zach Wheeler has had a real slow start to the season. You know, and, and the bullpen's not much better. You know, outside of Sir Anthony Dominguez and, and Corey Knable, Brain Hand's been all right. You know, Jerry Reese Familia struggled. Nick Nelson's been bad. You know, James Norwood hasn't held his end. This, th- th- again, this is one of those teams that is just trying to get over the hump. They've made big acquisitions. One of the worst defenses in all of baseball, and that's something that, you know, on a nightly basis can come up. Again, exciting team, but it, it's going to come down to that pitching if, you know, whether the back end of the rotation of the bullpen can pick things up. Yeah, I, I agree. And let's go on to the Nationals. They had Nelson Cruz, which was a big name, as well as other people to the hitting core. And they had some time with Juan Soto. So what do the Nationals need to do? Um, again, it's... Uh... Same kind of story there. Same kind of story there. Although they took a step back with the uh, the season they had last year. You know, they won the World Series in 2019 after that miraculous run, and you know they lose Anthony Rendon in the off season that year to the Angels, and then last season they completely blew things up, trading Max Scherzer, Trey Turner to the Dodgers, and you know there's really only one more significant piece in this core that has yet to be moved that potentially could be, and it's the star-studded man and Juan Soto who. You know, right now could be the most, you know, the, you know, he's in that conversation for best player in baseball and, and, and will deserve. He's one of the best hitters, one of the most patient, best eyes in baseball, left-handed power bat. And, you know, they've got to find a way to lock him up long-term. Uh, otherwise, if he is de- able to depart for agency when his clock is up, he's only at three, a little over three years of service time. They, they've got to find a way to extend him long-term. Um, they picked up Nelson Cruz, like you mentioned. They haven't got good returns. He's at 143 this season patrick corbin has been awful he's regressed since being a frontline starter with arizona and when they picked him up in that world series year aaron sanchez has not rebounded uh josiah gray has not been actually josiah gray's been one of their bright spots in the rotation but eric fetty hasn't been good listen this is a team in transition they're coming off of a postseason window where they've invested in you know a, a big payroll and it paid off they won a world series but you're looking at the the turnaround after that they've lost rendon Scherzer, Turner in consecutive off seasons, consecutive seasons, I should say. And, you know, in a couple of years, if they don't turn things around, they may see Juan Soto walk out the door unless they lock him up long-term. That, that, that's priority number one. That's really the only priority this year for Washington is, is right. figure out a way to put it yourself in a position to lock up Juan Soto long-term. Absolutely. And I mean, it goes with the saying that I always follow by, it is hard to get to the top, but it is even harder to stay there. And Absolutely. That applies to every annual championship you will ever see now let's go into the nl central and kind of speed through these a little bit the cubs the cubs signed so many people it's not even funny because they are in a rebuild as we know like you know the orioles are and all those other teams they kind of did the strength in numbers approach has it worked (laughs) not really now we we are only uh, on may 2nd as of right now but it looked okay in the first couple games. Now it's it's coming back to the regular Cub, I would say, recipe of, I don't want to say failure, but I mean... Being lovable losers. Yeah, lovable losers. And yeah, they're... hopefully the season gets better for them. Yeah, what do the Cubs need to do? They need to somehow find a way to reset Marcus Stroman to his odd year self. He's been, I, I, I kid you not, he's been good in odd years. He's been horrible in even years, and he's back to that trend this year. Yeah, he had an ERA of 454 this year, 430 a season ago. You know, 2019, he was back to being good, 322. And then 2018, he was at 554, 309 in 2017, and 437 in 2016. Look, they blew it up last year. There's only 13 homegrown players on the Cubs' 40-man roster. You saw Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, the entire core of that World Series winning team, that curse-breaking team finally you know have to be shipped out and and that's the cyclical nature of of going through a long rebuild building a core building a championship contender it all comes back to that point where you've got nothing in the minor league system and you've got to trade off your team after you're no longer competitive every team goes through it with the exception of the dodgers and the Rays. i remember when free agency was just starting and i figured that bryant was going to leave i was almost positive of that because he's their all-star um pay a lot more money for him but 
I was not expecting all three of them to leave. I was like, what? It totally caught me off guard. Um, yeah, that has obviously been their downfall. Now, let's go to your main storyline. The Reds are awful. Talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, three and 19. This team is, uh, this is not a good baseball team. We're starters ERA in baseball, the 28th ranked relief pitching ERA, 29th in hitting. This is, they've scored the second fewest runs. There's just not to like, there's not a lot to like about this team. They've made, you know, and, and so, something I've mentioned a couple times is we've seen a couple a couple teams make some quick fix off seasons, make big splashes in, in in order to become competitive overnight, and it just does not work. And they have really seen the penalty of that. They had that off season a couple years ago where they signed Sonny Gray, Mike Mustakis, they picked up Trevor Bauer, and that competitive window that those three acquisitions look to bring never came to fruition now you've got some big veterans like Mustakis he's struggling top prospect Nick Senzel is struggled Joey Votto I love him one of our favorite players but you know he hasn't been good this year Tommy Pham you know a guy that's going to be a rental that they'll probably ship off at the deadline they've got some big prospects for top 100s most importantly Hunter Green Nick Lodolo promising guys in the minor league system but not a lot in the upper levels it'll be a rough year in Cincy Oh, oh yeah oh yeah this will be a 100 loss team at, at this pace easily yeah i i agree with that and all right so we've got the pirates they didn't really do anything quintana would be probably the most popular name that they picked up but as we said it's still early but what do the pirates need to do kind of the same story as the Reds. they're just looking to build it from the ground up the the good thing about Pittsburgh, though, they're really their two biggest young names, Key Brian Hayes, already in the big leagues. He's been in for just over a full season. And then their top prospect, one of the top prospects in baseball, number eight in the top 100, O'Neill Cruz. At some point this season, we should see O'Neill Cruz at the big league level, and, and hopefully that gets the needle up for Pittsburgh. But again, this is a team that you know, has really made some bad decisions a couple years ago, tried to make big splashes. That Chris Archer deal is going down as one of the worst trades in, in the history of the 2000s. If you remember, they sent Austin Meadows Tyler, and Tyler Glass now, I believe uh, there were other pieces in that, but those were the two in, in, in that big package. And and those two pit, those two players became key contributors on postseason teams for the Rays. And Chris Archer was so bad with the Pirates, he was off the team and back in Tampa a few years later. So talk about a trade biting you in the, in the rear. Again, just another transition year. They've got some young players, but you know, not going to be a competitive team for a little bit, but keep an eye on O'Neill Cruz and, and keep Brian Hayes at the end of the season. The uh, the Cardinals. So they didn't do really that much either. Tell me about their stats and uh, what do they need to do? Because I don't really watch the Cardinals. So. so you could argue that they didn't do much because they didn't really need to. You know, Nolan Arenado struggled a season ago, but he is back to his MVP caliber self, his all-world self. You know, this is a guy with Colorado who is one of the elite premier players in all of baseball and he's back up to slashing a great 435, 697. He's hitting 393 on his Babbitt balls, batting average on balls in play. Only hit 249 in that category. I mean, you know, Babbitt is, is a pretty good stat to look at. It's batting average on balls in play. It takes strikeouts out of the equation. So to see him struggle like he did a season ago, it's, it's good to see him back. This is a really good baseball team. Tommy Edmond is one of the most exciting, best players in baseball. Can play all around the diamond. Paul Goldschmidt. If you remember, he's on St. Louis. They've had a couple of years of obscurity, but you know Tyler O'Neill is a great power bat. Corey Dickerson is a great bat. Dylan Carlson, one of their former top prospects. Yadier Molina still doing his thing. You know he's not hitting for much this year. Off to a slow start, but you know what he does behind the plate will keep him in the lineup. Adam Wainwright has been very good. Miles Mikolas, Miles Mikolas has come back to form. One of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Jordan Hicks, Stephen Max. This rotation, very very good. Ryan Helsley's been great in this bullpen. Bullpen's had a little bit of a slow start, uh, but once they get Jack Flaherty back, their ace who's out with the shoulder burstus, they'll get him back to top this rotation. This has a chance to be a very good Cardinal team. Going to be a popular pick to win the Central this year, and I think they're going to be right in the thick of it. You hit the nail right on the head there, and I want to actually transition into your team, the Brewers. <laughs> so how have those trades and acquisitions been treating y'all? Well, offense has uh, gotten off to a, a slow start. Last couple days, you know, this week they had a, a really good week. Christian Yellis hit a pair of home runs in back-to-back -back days. You know, Brasso, you know, gives this team depth. He's not playing every day. But Hunter Renfro, you know, finally 
hit a home run the other day. He's got a big power back. But the story with this Milwaukee team, and we all knew it going in, is going to be this pitching staff. And boy, is it a good one. You look at Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser at the four. Eric Lauer's actually been, you know, their second best pitcher this year. You know, th th this is as good a rotation and pitching staff with Josh Hader and Devin Williams in the back end and Jake Cousins can figure things out. Th this has a chance to be as good, if not the best pitching staff in all of baseball. The question and what we saw in the postseason a year ago is this offense has to hit. And if this offense can become a productive lineup at the end of the year and into the postseason, this team has a chance to do a lot of special things. But again, Christian Yelich needs to pick things up, get close to his former form. Andrew McCutcheon looks healthy. Ryder Telez is a big power bat. And like you mentioned, Brasso and Renfro are big pieces to give Craig Council some depth. But you know that we, we know this pitching staff is going to be among the elite. It's just a matter of whether or not this offense can pick things up. They'll be in the race in the central, but whether or not they hit is going to determine how far they go. Let's transition into our final topic, which will be the NL West. So let's actually start with the the bad. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies, what do they need to do? So for Arizona, they're in the middle of a rebuild and they've got five prospects in the top 100. Three of them are in the upper levels. You've got Alex, Alex Thomas in AAA, Drew Jamison in AAA, Geraldo Perdomo's been in the big league club, but their number one prospect, Corbin Carroll, is sitting in double A. So they've got some guys that might be here ready to arrive in a couple of years. And, you know, again, it, it, it's one of those rebuilding years. They're still putting the pieces back together from that Paul Goldschmidt trade and tough division to go through a rebuild with how good the Dodgers and Padres Giants have been the last few seasons. And then for Colorado, it's similar to the same thing. And, and perhaps most the most head scratching move was that Chris Bryant signing because the money that it's, it's really easy to argue that the money they gave to Chris Bryant could have been allocated to holding on to Nolan Arenado. And why do you move off the, or force, you know, your generational talent to want to request a trade and get out of there when you're going to stay, take that money and spend it on a, on a replacement level compared to Arenado in uh, Chris Bryant. Um, again, he's a great, great player, but it, it, it raised a lot of question marks. Kyle Freeland's the ace for this staff. He has not quite lived up to that top prospect level that he was once at. One top 100 prospect in Zach Bean. So the, the farm system, not as promising as it is for Arizona. Again, Colorado's always been a, a, a tough team to build just because it's not an attractive destination for free agents. Don't tell that to Chris Bryant. Um, but again, just not a lot of prospects in that top 100 pool. And if, if there's one criticism you can have for Colorado, it's not that they traded Nolan Arenado, it's the package they got for him. They didn't get a single top 100 prospect for the best third baseman that this generation has ever seen. And taking the penalties of that, and it's going to be a while before this team, I think, is going to have a core to be able to compete. They're off to a good start, but you know, historically, this has been a very good April team, even going back to the Troy Tulowitzki days. Padres, so they actually hired Bo Melvin away from the A's. They failed to move on Will Myers because of budget space and all that stuff as of this point. They traded for Luke Voigt and signed Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia, etc. So Padres did a little bit of a splash. The Giants, they, I actually remember, they did a lot too. Jacques Peterson probably being the biggest name and Alex Cobb and then the Dodgers so they obviously have Clayton Kershaw they don't need to change anything there but got rid of Corey Seager which was surprising to me tell me about those three teams and what they need to do for San Diego, you know, their story is going to be the return of Fernando Tatis. He had that motorcycle crash that led to a wrist injury, he had wrist surgery. So they're hoping to get him back, obviously, sooner rather than later at some point, middle of the season, June, July, August. You know, just get him back for the stretch run. They're, they're playing good baseball. And really, like you said, you know, they, they made some moves, but they really didn't have any holes offensively. Trent Grisham, Cronenworth, Machado, Jurcha Profar has been good. Eric Hosmer, the one guy has been rumored that they were going to trade you know based on the issues they had in the clubhouse and how he hadn't been performing he's come out of the gate at 382 with three home runs so that's a big boost for getting Hosmer and can't wait to see this lineup when they get Tatis back and and for the Giants man this team's in a good spot they've got five rather six top 100 prospects excuse me five top 100 prospects 
uh, I should say four with Hunter Ramos is 101. So really six uh, legitimate prospects. But again, this th this team's out to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. This rotation is mainly intact. Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Carlos Rodon's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. You know, they're just hoping to prove that last year was not a fluke. And so far the returns have been good. Six games above 500, but you've got three teams that are at least six games over 500. And this is setting up to be another dogfight of a division last year. We saw 200 plus win teams a season ago. We might be headed for something similar again. And the Dodgers, the most complete roster in baseball, maybe the best roster we've seen entering a season in who knows how long. Clayton Kershaw's back to his healthy, original self. Walker Bueller is elite. Julio Arias, Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson. There's really not a better, you know, there's not many rotations that are that deep and that good. There are questions coming into the season with, in regards to this bullpen, you lose Kenley Jansen, but Craig Kimbrell has been great when he's been in the ninth inning role, and that's what he'll be for the Dodgers. Bruce Dorf-Glatterall is a flamethrower. Tommy Conley's, a, Tommy Conley's a good picker. Good pitcher, Phil Bickford, uh, is a nice piece there. A couple guys who have struggled, but you know, th th there's some depth here. They've got a ton of guys on the shelf. Blake, Blake Trinan's on the shelf. Jimmy Nelson, David Price is out. You've got Danny Duffy dealing with an injury on the IL, and you know, it, it's scary to think that a team that's not relatively healthy on the pitching side of things has been as good as they have been. And number one starting ERA in the majors, and despite a couple of guys not pitching well, they've got the fourth best fourth best ERA out of the bullpen. And, you know, that Trey Turner, Max Scherzer deal is still paying off because, like you said, they let Corey Seager go, but they had that replacement plan in place with the when they acquired Trey Turner, and, and, and he's been a nice piece for them hitting third in that Dave Roberts order. Most complete team in baseball, the favorite to get to the World Series and win it for good reason, but there's a reason they play the games, and, you know, we'll see who comes out on, on top in this NL West that might be the tightest division race in all of baseball. Yes, and – I do remember, though, Corey Seager actually made a very big error in the World Series against the Braves and actually cost them that game. Do you think they need to find a replacement for Bauer? I think they already have. With, with how I mentioned, this rotation is good as it's been. It, they've got the number one starting ERA in baseball. You know, they're you know chugging along thanks to a healthy Clayton Kershaw, who's back to his Cy Young MVP caliber form. Walker Bueller is one of the most exciting young 27-year-old pitchers in all of baseball. Julio Arias, hard to believe he's still 25. He's got four years of service time, and he's still one of the best young lefties in the game. You know, Tony Gonsolin, good fourth option. And then Tyler Anderson's been a serviceable fifth. You know, and, and you look at who they've got hurt. Like I said, David Price is out. Blake Trine and Danny Duffy's on the shelf. You know, there's so much depth here that, you know, the loss of Bauer, you know, really hasn't been that big of an issue. And I, and I think with, you know, obviously the, the two-year suspension is coming, if you've heard, after, you know, charges have been dropped in his case. But I think with all the reports and how public it was, all the coverage from, you know, last year when all the allegations and everything came out, I think the Dodgers pretty much had moved on from him at that point. That's a good you know, point. They've gone through a whole season. They've gone through a postseason run without him. And I, I think it's it's safe to say that he's an afterthought and not really viewed as a part of this team. And I don't think it's going to impact the Dodgers whatsoever. I think even if, even if hypothetically he's able to appeal that and win and somehow reduce it, or even say we play out the two years and he comes back, I don't think he's ever going to pitch for the Dodgers again. And, you know, that honestly might be the, for the best because I think, the Dodgers, at least on their end, have probably moved on from him if they haven't already, which I think they did. And, you know, I don't think there's any negative effects of, of Bauer on this team because they've been so good. You have a great point there, absolutely. And, well, yeah, that's that's pretty much every team and their analysis. So thank you so much for uh, for coming on, AJ. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, we get lost in superlatives all the time. And, uh, you know, some of the teams are in real similar places, but I hope I uh, made everything simple and broke everything down for you. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, everyone, again, this is AJ Tellers, our new baseball specialist. I am Bianca Burton, and this is Sportified.